You know, I wanted just to say <clears throat> an introduction for this lesson. Someone asked me last week, after I gave the lesson, to try to explain what Hasidus try to, you know, the teaching of Hasidus tries, helps a person change. That's really the question was, and just rephrasing the question. But really, what Hasidus did is really just gave us, as we say, a mental exercise. That means how to look at things and uh, uh, how to cope with things and how to grow. I'll give you a motion. Titus says in the beginning of Pasha's Akif, when you're going to go over to the Eretz Canaan and you're going to see all the great nations and you can see all their armor and their artillery, and you're going to be frightened. Don't be afraid. Why? Remember that I was the one who took you to Mitzrayim. I was the one who took you through the desert, gave you man, water. So Hashem is telling, Moshe Ben is teaching Claudio so how to cope with fear. You're going to war now. All of a sudden, you come into the Eretz Canaan and you're overwhelmed by an army and how they trained and you. Who does it? Every soldier, even every American soldier, is frightened to go to war. So the Torah says tells us how to look at things, how to focus, and not to be afraid. Remember the good old days, as we say. You can't have Mitzrayim, there was the splitting of the sea. So Hasidus really, in many ways, helped the person. Now life, you know, the things that we struggle in life, or how to grow, person wants to be in love more with Hashem, person has the relationship, how to get to these things. Well, that's generally, it's just sort of a, a, a mental exercise, it's lahavdal, when people go, someone told me that uh, he works in a very stressful job, but downstairs, he works in a bank, but downstairs he says there's, a, there's an exercise room, but specially made to lower the stress, and you're supposed to stretch this way, and then stretch this way. I told him if it helps, it helps. I don't know, if you feel that after you did it, you're less stressed, it helps. You know, it's, it's supposed to help you. This is what really see this is about too. Help a person change, you know, when you challenge in life, how to overcome it, let it be insecurity, let it be fear, let it be just as we spoke last week. How do we get close to Hashem? How do I make a relationship with Hashem? How do I make Hashem part of my life? You know, it doesn't happen by itself, you know. It, Things, these things never happen by itself. You gotta really work at it. You know, a guy who was able to wait, uh, lift weights, or a person who's a great swimmer, or any Olympic thing, they train very hard. No one is born a swimmer, no one is born a basketball uh, player. You know, Lahavdul, you gotta train to become. Same thing with our mind. We gotta train our mind. You could train your mind to look at things differently. You could train your mind to be happy. You could train, it's the way we look at things. And <clears throat> so in this title, I would introduce just the beginning and say, Reb Nachman, this title is trying to help a person when you wake up one of those days and you are angry. I know it doesn't happen to anyone else, but sometimes you wake up and just, it's not your day, or it's not your week, or you wake up in a real low, you know, you don't know how you're gonna, you don't, know, you don't even wanna get up, 
or you don't want to go to Davan, you don't want to do the right thing. You have these thoughts and uh, you know, uh, difficult time, things that you have to go through. So he says, and this Torah is going to explain, and uh, before we gather to give out the sheets, he explains a very profound thing which the Vashem Tev taught. The Vashem Tev said, every person has goods in them. Every person, there's a, some, something good in them. Has to be, because a Jewish soul is, is, the soul itself is good. Unfortunately, it's covered with dirt sometimes, and a, a wrong perceptions, and is angry, and is, but the inner core in every person is good. The question is how to bring the goodness out from yourself. The question is how to really bring this goodness out. This is really what is going to focus. And he says, this is a very, very interesting thing. I would, uh, I'm going to start the trader and then we'll get to it and explain how, how to get really into, in touch with the goodness of a person, your own goodness. Well, that's just the beginning, he says. In a general principle, he says, <clears throat> the relationship in the hands of a tzaddik, he says, to direct evidence as, evidence as he wishes, as our sages of blessed memory said, the tzaddik rules. You know, we have a concept that the tzaddik could ru rules and could influence change traders, not always, very often. You know, people are witness, witnesses, incredible stories. Now, a, a very, very important concept. And I would like to explain this concept what it says in the Torah. You know, Yosef became the ruler of Egypt. And the Torah says very clearly, Yosef not only was the ruler of Egypt, he was the one who fed the Jews. He was the one the Torah describes who stood, you know, he prepared seven years of food, he prepared for seven years of famine, and literally was the one who gave food out. The Zoya says, and then, an incredible concept, as he says. Who brought all the money to, to Mitzrayim? Yosef, with his dream, told Paroi, there's going to be a hunger. Let's put away food for seven years. So when the hunger began, around the Etzisol was also the hunger. Around the Mitzrayim, there was also the hunger. Eretz Canaan. And the, 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 the Chazal said it wasn't just Eretz Canaan. Around Mitzrayim. What happened was all the money started pouring into Egypt. That's really, that's what happened, because the Torah declares that even the Egyptians, after five years of hunger, was so poor they had to literally sell the land and themselves to Paroi. So Egypt became this enormous wealthy city through the tzaddik, because Yosef was the one who. So and explained the Polish dream that there will be a hunger, and first there'll be seven great years, let's put away food, and this, with his dream, Mitzrayim became this incredible wealthy. The Zoe says this symbolically speaks of, of a tzaddik where his chus, his merit, everything gets fed. It's, it's a very, very profound thing, that through the merit of a tzaddik, things in the world get, you know, comes down, and people are, we say tzaddik yisoid oilam. The word tzaddik yisoid oilam means that because of a tzaddik, 
The world literally gets fed and gets taken care of, he says. So he says, when he goes on, he says, the You know, this is a, I'm going to say a very, very important thing that Ranachma says here. And this is known between Hasidim. The main ruling of a tzaddik is not to make our life comfortable. You know, we are very busy, all of us, humans, to make sure our life is comfortable. You know, we like to do everything as a, human beings, that's how we are. We worry about the second we open our eyes to the second we close our eyes, we were nervous, did I eat, did I sleep, did I take care of myself? You know, we're busy with ourselves. Very, very busy with ourselves. Many people think you go to a tzaddik, you go to a grave of a tzaddik, or you go to anyone, the whole concept of a tzaddik is to take care of my needs. I have a headache, I have a, the job is not working well, the tzaddik will take care of it. That's not, you know, it's, this is a byproduct of a tzaddik, but that's not what the tzaddik was made. The, the goal of tzaddikim was to get us closer to Hashem. That really was the goal that were able to influence us, guide us, how to find Hashem. As I explained already last week, it's difficult living in this world to have a relationship with Hashem. It's very difficult that, you know, we do every mundane feel God is part of yourself, to really feel. It takes time, it takes effort. So the koyach of tzaddikim was, Yosef was in all tzaddikim through generations, is to have bring the Shekhinah down, so that we should feel Hashem's presence. It shouldn't be a void of emptiness. So he explains that um, the primary rulership that a tzaddik exercise is the ability to illuminate the Jewish heart, to awaken it to service of Hashem. The prime, this is the primary, this is the main thing, he says. Therefore, it's crucial that a person should be connected to true tzaddikim, that he should speak with them serving Hashem. So it means the that's called his kashras to the tzaddikim. When you're close to a tzaddik, it helps a person to realize and awaken, you know, Hashem is with me. You know, unfortunately, but that's not the first thing on your mind. You know, none, I, I, as I explained it often in shul, I say, you know, a guy owes a person money. And when are you going to pay me? I'll pay you. When are you going to pay me? I'll pay you. He says, you know when I'm going to win the lottery? So the guy says, yes, the last thing in the lottery, after you, you don't, if there's money left, I'll pay the debt. You know, the last thing we do is always is think of how much we can get to pay not paying a debt. Unfortunately, our davening and our relationship with Hashem is the last thing in the list. It's not the top of the list. Top of the list are many, many, many things. The tzaddikim try to help us realize that should be the main. It's not so easy that we should realize and feel that way and live that way. But the goal of tzaddikim is, is us to be connected to Hashem in a, in, a, in a very powerful way and realize that this is what we're here for. So he's... <clears throat> he says, this is, in the number two, he begins a chapter. He says, this is the meaning of Joseph is the ruler. He has shallot. So the Zoe says, the Yosef, the Tzadik, the root of all Jewish souls as a collective. The Zoe says there's another concept in Kabbalah that's called, there is a shoyrish, a root of all souls. You know, it's very, very difficult to explain spirituality, but in a very simple way, 
Just like a tree has many branches and it's all connected. You can have trees branching, branching out, but all the branches are connected to the tree. And the tree has a branch, many leaves, depends what type of a fruit. And the tree has many, many things. Every Jewish soul is connected to the central soul, which is the tzaddikim. And that's how in Shemaim it works. There's a trunk, sort of to say, there's a tzaddik and everyone sort of is connected to the tree, our souls. When a person is connected to the soul, the tzaddik is able, if you connect yourself, just like a tree, water comes up and things could feed the tree, the tzaddikim have the influence in us that we should uh, get close to Hashem. Now, he's going to explain, he's going to connect everything together. Now, he's in this, this chapter, he's going to try to explain a very famous question everyone asks. If Hashem knows what's missing by me, why do I have to pray? Now, the answer, and it's the very famous, everyone asks, especially young people, he knows what's missing. I don't have to pray. Often I tell young couples that you have to learn how to communicate. Don't expect your wife to guess what you need and don't expect the husband to guess what you need. But, but the truth is, even though I do guess what she needs, it's good to hear that she really needs it and I'm going to do it. So it makes the imagine you were able to figure out everything that person needs and give it to them. It's not being such a connecting thing. Can you do this for me and I do it gladly? You get much more connected. That's the simple, and the simple level to explain. We ask Hashem for it, and He gives it to us. It feels great. Feels I connected. You know, there's a famous Gemara. The Gemara says, "Why by the man that Hashem gave every day in the man?" You know, imagine you got up in the morning. There was no freezer, not an iota of food left. The only thing food was live um, cows and chickens, and there was no food. You know, Baruch Hashem, we live, everyone has an extra two freezers. You're not one, but two freezers. I don't know for what, but you know, in case something goes wrong. So imagine waking up every morning and there's nothing in the tent. And every day new monk came. The one says, Hashem could have made down once a week, once a month, every day. You know what? When you have to collect the money every day, you feel much closer to Hashem. That's what he says. You feel much more. Oh, you know, it's, you, uh, oh, I need, uh, get up in the morning. I hope man is outside my doorstep. And I do find it and I say, thank you, Hashem. But if you have it once a month, oh, for one month, I forget about Hashem. You know, we have time. So the simple reason is why Hashem made it this way is because it's much more connective. It really becomes much more personal. But Rav Nachman is going to explain it in, the, in a Kabbalah, a very, very interesting thing. The Zoya says, and I'm going to try to simplify this in, in, in Kabbalah. The Zoya says that in the vowels, there's one of the vowels called Melupin. It's one of, you know, there's a Shva and a Tzede. And a, one of the vowels is called Melupin. The word Melupin means a full mouth. When a person Davins, he literally, the Zoya says, he sort of develops a vessel to get the food. Imagine, I want to come to your house, and I'm bringing you food. And I'm bringing you a kugel. 
and you have no plates. Listen, I got to take back the pot where the kugel is there. But if you don't have, you have to have a pot that I should bring the kugel and pour it into your pot. The word wow, melupin, is smaller pin. When your mouth articulates and talks to Hashem, you literally create a vessel, and that vessel Hashem could put in what you need to happen. Let it be a shidduch, let it be business, let it be whatever we are missing. For anything, a headache, a simple Hashem, I have a headache today, heal me. So the power of prayer is called melupin, the Zoe says. That means mole pum, a full mouth. The full mouth when you daven, now Rahman says here, the more a person davens, the more holy the mouth is, the less loshen hara you talk, the, that mouth is holy, you create a vessel. People don't speak gossip. It's people who daven and always say kind words and, and use the tongue as a holy way. Their mouth could bring blessings all the time. And Hashem listens to the prayer because it's a pure mouth. It's a holy mouth. You, the mouth is the one that creates a vessel. It's very known, the Chavetz Chaim, whenever he gave a blessing to anyone who was Mikuyam. You know, many rabbis gave blessing Mikuyam, but not always, you know, due respect to all Chassidim and all Chassidim. Not every time the rabbi said something became, you know, but it's known by the Chavetz Chaim. It's a very interesting thing, don't record it. Whenever he said something, he was, he was very careful what he said, but it became, because he was the one who pioneered not to speak gossip, and he had a holy mouth. And the Zoe says, when your mouth is holy, you create a vessel much easier to, to accept the goodness that Hashem is bestowing onto us. And to explain this, he goes into a length, and, I want to, and, it, and it connects to another very, very important thing. I, I, I want to explain this. You know, there's an interesting Gemara in Masechtas Thomas. The mother says this way. The mother says there were three people. Abba Umna. Abba Umna was a person who leached blood, you say in English? Leech blood, that's what you say? He used to t- leech blood. That was his profession, leeching blood. Then it was a buyer and rover. Bayer and rover were the greatest scholars in their times. They both had a yeshiva, a buyer and rover. They were. Abba Umna got regards from heaven Every day, sort of, it doesn't say how, an angel or so will come and say, Shalom to Abba Umna. A buyer would get it every Friday. And if Shabbos, he would get regards from heaven. You know which part of heaven the Gemara says? The Mesifta de Rekia. In, in, in heaven, there's a yeshiva. They would send regards to a buyer every Friday. Rova got regards every Erev Yom Kippur. Now, the Gemara relates, Abai was very disappointed. Why do I get it only every Friday? Abba Umna gets it every day, and I only get it every Friday. And I want to tell you, Abaya was a very, 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 very holy person. The Gemara says, Abaya abolished all the Mazikim. We have a Masoida Chassidim, the Bashem Tev abolished the Shadim, chased them away from people, Shadim are the demons. That uh, uh, a buyer chased away the mazikim. Another, I don't know how you translate it in English, but other type of uh, negative things. A buyer was a great, great holy person. 
And he wanted to have regards every Friday, just like, uh, so he told them in a Shemaim, there's no way you could do what Abba Umna does. So he, well, he wanted to check out this Abba Umna. So the Gemara relates who this Abba Umna was. He had, his profession was that he used to lead brought. First of all, he had a machitza between the men and ladies. Today that's maybe accepted easier, but he had a separation. Second, when a lady would come, and when each you know, have to hold the hand, he would have a big, like a sheet hanging, and, and through, she would put the hands through the sheet, and he would work on her hand this way to get the blood. Second, you paid in a private place. No one knew if you paid or didn't pay. I mean, you left, you went out, and there was a place that you passed by, and no one knew if you put money in it. He said, if you have money, pay. If you don't have money, don't pay. That's how you ran a business, imagine. And, and the Gemara goes on, and if a Talmud Chochen came, he refused money. And not only did he refuse money, he gave him money, please buy yourself a good lunch. And so, you know, okay, Abaya didn't, uh, was not yet so. So Abaya sent two of his Tamidim to go check him out. The Gemara relates, they came to his, uh, came to his uh, home, and they watched him carefully. They decided in the morning he had a very expensive bed. Those beds, you know, it was the, uh, those days it was top of a haystack. There was some uh, whatever it was called made out of mat. They rolled up the mat and they took it out of the house and trying to sell it. And they meet him on the street in the shuk. So he says, "How how much do you think this is valued?" They says, "I'll tell you exactly. It's worth a hundred dollars." How do you know? I paid for it. He said to him, when we took it, what did you think we took it? Well, he said, I, when you took it, I was convinced, probably there was pinyin shviyim, someone's in jail, you need money. So that's why he took it. He says, no, nah, no, nah, we only wanted to test you. He says, I want to bring it back. No, no, I'm not taking it back. The second I noticed it was out of the house, I said it should go to pinyin shviyim. Abai said, there's no way that I could live such a life, do such things. Now, it's amazing. Abaya with this great scholar. And, and, and the Rizal says in Kabbalah, it's a, that Abaya's soul was incredible great. He cannot do what, what's his name did. He cannot copy what Abaya do, but what Abaya do. But Abaya couldn't do what Abaya did. Every person has something that he has, which he's very good in it, and others are not. Certain people daven better, certain people learn better, certain people give great tzedakah, certain people have a golden heart, certain people never get angry, certain people, every person has something in themselves which is goodness, because a Jewish soul essence is good. So the, the question is how to bring out this goodness of a person. So the tzaddikim have the koyach, the power, to awake the goodness. You know, you know to, to be a, all of a sudden, to get in touch. You know, often, you know, I hear this a lot from a lot of people. Many people tell me that, you know, when you so certain people, you sit down at a table, what happens is that uh, it brings the worst out of you. Certain people, you spend time and you feel great. It brings good things out of you. Which is true. Certain people, you, you have a relationship, you talk, and you interact, you feel great, and the, you, you, you feel good. 
There's a good feeling. Certain type people don't. So the power, and what Amnachim is trying to teach in this Torah, we all have days where we feel numb. We don't feel good. We don't feel good about ourselves. We just feel not attached to Hashem. You know, this is true. I'm going to explain this concept. This is a very true concept. Every human being has ups and downs in life. I always tell people, uh, I always say this, Marshall, just to make things in perspective. You know, when a, when a person, Nebuch, is in intensive care, so the only way we know that a person is expired, is not here, when the lines are flat. Because as long as there's ups and downs, you're alive. As long as you have ups and downs, I want you to know you're alive. As long as your relationship with your wife and children have ups and downs, you're alive. It's normal. As long as you, well, they wake up great, no, they, they wake up, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'm going to face today. That's life. Life is ups and downs. But the question is, now you're down, how do you grab hold of yourself? And what I'm not going to say that grab you yourself have good points and every person has good points is to focus on the good points and how to focus it he says is talking speaking just like he began in, in beginning to say the speech of a person is pum, is the full mouth is kedusha when you start talking to Hashem and you speak about about yourself, nothing wrong to say to Bani you know, I did a great mitzvah yesterday, but today I'm, I'm just lazy. I just, you know, yesterday I davened well, I did things well, but today it's harder, it's right here. Doesn't want me to go to Minyan, doesn't want me to do the right thing. By talking, just talking to Hashem, you bring the goodness out of yourself. And sometimes friends, you speak, certain people have friends, I, you know, I always tell my daughters, Choose friends who help you when you're angry. Don't choose a friend when you're angry, your friend is going to make you more angry. Angry, you're enough already. You don't need a friend. I have Kanina, her eight daughters. So I have to, so I always tell them, you don't have to, you know, you don't tell your friend, get a friend who's going to, in English, steer the coals, you say, you just get even more excited. You know, anger we have. Get yourself someone that if you're angry, could help you calm down. It, because certain people, friends, are that way. Certain friends, you call them up and they're going to get you, really? It's really they did? It's not just girls, it's men too. But certain people bring the goodness out of a person. And certain people just, you know, gets you in the wrong position. But a person could, every Jewish person has something to give to another person. A friend could give you, and the Rizal says another profound thing. You know, a person would live in the desert alone, besides normally most people would go nuts living alone, but he says you cannot keep strong with all the mitzvahs, because as a society, we watch others, and we don't even realize how much the other person bounces back. We get chizik. We see the person, he really keeps Shabbos. Oh, wow. And you see the other person, he really davens. Oh, this person is so kind. So even though you're not so kind, or I'll, I'll push myself to be kinder. I'll push myself to do chesed. Because as a society, we, we mix and we see each other. That gives strength for all of us. You don't, we don't even realize it. It's so quickly done. But in truth, but... 
there's three nekudas he tries to explain. There's the nekuda and yourself. Every person has tzitkis in themselves, has goodness, righteousness, really which you deep down, that's your strength. Every person has something great in themselves and just have to get in touch with it. Then he says every other person could give you strength. Another person, you know, watch another person. You know, not, not to be envious, but to say, you know, well, how can I learn from the other person? You know, as the, to explain this with a very famous Chovah Savov, the Chovah Savov says a very interesting thing. He says, a human being could never exist alone. He says, imagine we have to make bread for ourselves. We have to plant wheat. I always say Chava was a genius for figuring out for wheat how to make bread. I don't know how she figured it out, but imagine we have to plant the wheat, and we have to cut it, and grind it, and make bread, and get an oven. But there's no way we could do. The reason a society, it could grow, because one guy produces bread, one guy produces shirts, one person dresses, one person has coffee, you know, and paper. As a society, it works incredible good. It's a very, this is just physically. As an industrial, as, as economics, it is a great. Spiritually, it also works that way. Every Jewish person is part of an army. It's called Tzivoy Sashem. And every person is, has his and her goodness. And what they have, and what they present, and what they own. And that is, every person could learn from another person something. There is no one in a room that, and that you can learn. Shloim HaMelech says, I learned from all my teachers. So the Medrash says, how many teachers did Shloim HaMelech have? He says, no. He says, even from the fools and the people who are mentally not well. He says, because you could learn wisdom from everything. Shloim HaMelech says, you could find wisdom in goodness and how to, how to look at things and how to, how to, from everything, for every person has something good that you can learn. So when a person, Rabbi Nachman is explaining this to a person is down, you should try to connect to three things. First of all, connect to tzaddikim. Learn the words of tzaddikim, and you know, which give, shine, and connect to yourself. Connect to yourself, but how about your mouth? By speaking out, you take time for yourself. One of the most powerful things to keep a person calm, to keep a person sane, and have a sweet life, is when a person takes time for themselves and just talks to Hashem. You know, just tell Hashem, here I am, you know, I'm struggling, and I, I want to do the right thing, and it's not going the right way. But just articulating whatever is on your heart, whatever's on your chest. You say it, all of a sudden, it gives you strength for what you are. And it brings the goodness out of you. Because every, again, a person, the truth is we all have Maybe none of you, but uh, some of us have a mean spirit in themselves, a mean bone, as you say, and we could get in touch with that and become all of a sudden mean, which we have a goodness and, and, and not so things that we're proud of. The, the focus should be on the goodness. So you push away the negativeness. And this comes by talking to Hashem and talking to another person, just saying, you know, that's... Uh, that's what Chassidus really had, and Chabad especially, or in Breslov too, these two Chassidim, where they had people getting together, talking how to get closer to Hashem. You know, you ask a person, 
How's your job? They don't, you know, that's okay. They'll talk about how the job. How's your diet? You know, I'm working on my diet. How's your exercise? They'll talk. Ask a person, how's your relationship with Hashem? He's going to look at it. What is it, your business? What is your business? This guy's an odd guy. He asked me how my relationship with Hashem. That's very personal. Business, you know, today I notice people even talk, how's your relationship with your wife? Or your lady will ask, and how's, how's Sean Bias going? Even today they talk about it. Ask a person, how's your relationship with Hashem? Huh? Don't ask such personal questions. Well, I'll tell you a good word. I'll tell you a good concept. But don't ask me my... It's, it's very sort of it's a little nerve-wracking or unnerving we say you tell ask a person how the relationship in truth that is one of the most important things in our life are you close to Hashem do you feel close you don't feel close where are you you know you're angry with Hashem well recently a guy I I, a young guy is complaining and I learned from him he was very honest he says I am I don't know what Hashem wants from me he's so angry with me you know, he lost his uh, business. So I told him, Hashem is not angry with you. You know, there's a recession. You know, I mean, he didn't pick on you. You know, sort of the person thought Hashem is picking on him because he had to, unfortunately, he had to close down his business. He's not picking on you. The one Shleidam has, you know, but, but the truth is that speaking about relationship Hashem is very threatening for people. And the truth is nothing wrong. You know, you could have a friend, how how when you're down and you feel far away from, from holiness, how I could uh, uh, elevate myself. See, Reb Nachman is saying, when a, when a person feels down, you could elevate yourself. And the most powerful elevating yourself is using your mouth. You know, even saying, tell him, if you know what you're saying, tell him, then also helps. Unfortunately, to him, most people don't know what they're saying. But if there people will learn, tell him. I watch someone learning, tell him. If you know what you're saying, it is a very powerful thing. It's extremely powerful, Tillam, if you understand what you're saying. So when you, you use your mouth, you could, you, you know, sometimes you're in a bad mood and you start talking and it changes. So it, the power of a mouth is called molapim. And it helps a person get connected to Hashem to bring Hashem into yourself. I mean, and that is difficult. As I began to say, it's difficult to find Hashem. But in this study, is focusing when a person doesn't feel great about themselves. Now he explains, and how far he uh, um, he brings a pasuk. If you look in page three thirty four, three thirty five, three thirty four, thirty five. You know, he brings a pasuk. We, many people say it in the praise, we accept from each other. He says the words means every person could ex- learn from someone something. We say that in the, in the, in the, in the and we say this, it's a very powerful expression. We could learn from each other. You know, you could learn from everything you could learn. I mean, a person often what he does is he feels that he wants to be, you know, I'll do everything. It doesn't work that way. You could be, you could say, yes, I can learn from a friend this. I can learn how to be gentle. Then he says, in, another, in, in, in the same chapter, he says, it's number three, he says, until we say, we say in the morning davening, 
Anoichi Hashem alekechu, hamalchu me'eretz mitzroyim, who took you out of Egypt. The end of paragraph three, he says. Then he says, Harche pichu me'amalei. Before you daven, everything is by Hashem. Anoichi Hashem alekechu. Hashem has an when harchev picho, when you open your mouth widely and you stop praying, the amalehi, I will fill it up. Because when you daven and you open your mouth, you literally fill it, got yourself a vessel to fill the goodness into yourself. Like I began to explain in the beginning, what we need is to create vessels. And the davening creates a vessel. Let it be panasa, whatever it should be, by davening, saying to Hashem, Hashem, help me with my panasa. Or help me with my shalom bias. Or help me with my health. You literally create a vessel. See, no word but you talk ever gets lost. You know, we think we just could talk and, you know, just... No, 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 no. Every word that any person talks, this is... It just, it has an incredible impact. If you talk good things, it has a good impact. And you have the bad thing. How, what does a curse mean? A curse means a person talks bad and he curses. The power and the same thing with a blessing. The power of a speech is very powerful. So when you ask Hashem, you create. That's a harcha pichu, open your mouth. Then he says, I'll try to explain a number four. Let's read it inside because this gets into Kabbalah a little bit. He says, the vowel malipin consists of a point together with the letter vov. If you know how malupin looks, a malupin is a vov and a small point. The point represents a yud, and the vov represents something straight and long, corresponding to the svirit of chachma and bina. Now, you know, I'm sure some of you already learned to see this, this. Chachma and there's bina. Chachma means wisdom. The source of wisdom. Bina means you could be smart, but now you use your wisdom to build something. Bina is a, a, a meaning to build. You could be very, a person could be very smart, but he doesn't use it for anything. I once said, someone once gave me an article, and it showed me there was a famous physicist, I'm going to try to find out again, who was a janitor. And how did he become a physicist? In a college, he was a janitor. He was a little bit uh, interesting. And uh, he once walked in, in in the room, and the teacher was uh, teaching physics. And he's standing there, and everyone thought, a janitor, you know, does he know what he's talking about? And the next day, he filled in an equation on the board, and the press says, who wrote this? No one knew. And he would come every day, listen. And the end, he became a famous physicist. But till then, he was just loafing around being a janitor. This brilliant mind. If you don't use your mind, you have no, nothing from the wisdom. Chachma is the vessel of wisdom itself. When you use your wisdom, a guy is brilliant and he uses it for Torah. The Havdal guy is brilliant and uses it for medicine or uses it for business. You took the wisdom and you built something with it. So every person has Chachma and every person has, you know, this, every, you know your skull is made of three parts. It's Chachma, Bina, and there's Das, just like the, I don't know the names in English, but a person's mind is, there's a, Three, three parts to the mind. person has a chachma, and there's bina that he could build with this wisdom. And das means holding on to it. You know, you could sometimes, people could, many people could teach you things, and they just don't know how to hold on. They would tell you, don't invest the money there, they will invest it. Be nice to your wife, 
and the Messiah will not be. You know, so the trick is to, to hold on to the common sense that you have. Many people have common sense, says, you know, that's not good what you're doing. He himself does it. You know, it's not smart to, sm I remember, never forget, I was young, a guy was sitting and telling a guy, the smoking is terrible. He finishes, he lights a cigarette and he smokes. I was about nine years old, that picture stayed in my mind. You know, people often are that way. They could say and preach something is bad, but uh, it's so out of the das holds. But he's focusing now on the malupin. Malupin is the chachma and the bina. He says, <clears throat> for the for the point of this vow correspond to chachma and the letter yud, and to the wellspring of the correspond to bina. See, bina is called a wellspring because bina, what you build, is like you know. In any profession, let it be a lawyer, let it be in anything, it's it's you build on your knowledge. That what's called it's like a flowing of a river. It's you build on your knowledge that you know, and now you're able to help a person this way, another person in another way, yourself in another way. It's the bina represents. So Melupin represents Chachma Bini says. <clears throat> now the it goes on that this concept, the Chachma Bina. Klal Yisrael has with Hashem, has with the Torah, and has with yourself. Let me first explain outside. Every person has a connected. The tzaddik is called Yud. The tzaddik is called Yud. The Gemara says that Bani Shlomo saw tzaddikim are few. So he gave. It's called the Yud. It always represents a tzaddik. It's called Yud. The Zohar always says we are called Vov, the people, because we hold. We are called Tamcha Araisa. We support Torah. When a person supports Torah, supports Tzadikim, he literally are the Vov. It's called Vove Huamudim. In the Mishkin, it's very interesting. You know, the letter Vov in the Hebrew alphabet means one thing, a connector. You know, the many words begin with a letter. Anoichi, many words begin. The only letter, word that starts with a Vov is the Vov itself. There is no word... But the shoydish, the root of the word starts with the vav, but the vav itself. You know, every, you know, you take aleph, there's so many words, noichi, adam, there's many things, achila, but the source of the word is the aleph. Vav, the source has one word itself, which is a vav, which means connection, a connector, vovei hamidem. When we support Torah, when you support a tzaddik, you literally connect it's called the connection. That's what's called Yudvav. So explain it. Klal Yisrael, when we're in the desert with Moshe Rabbeini, if they had to be connected to him. If, you connect, if Klal Yisrael would have listened to Moshe Rabbeini, we wouldn't have fallen. You know, we try to be wise guys and say we understand better. Let's just take a simple understanding how this works. Came to the test of the Maraglim. The spies went into Yisrael. They came back, the spies... And what did the spies say? It is impossible to take Yisrael, giants, and fright them out of the wits. If they would have said, let's ask Moshe Rabbeinu. Calm down. Don't get hysterical. They would have asked Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu would have calmed them down and said, yeah, we will be able to take it. But they didn't. They pulled themselves away. So Chazal say, most of the sins, if they would have just said, let's ask Moshe, our leader. It would have been all differently. The fact that they cut themselves away 
It means they do. So Klal Yisrael works together at Tzaddik and the Jewish people, the Yud Vav. The Torah is also that way. There's Ten Commandments is a Yud, and the Luchos is a Vav. The Gemara says the Luchos were, the, the were long six Tvachem and wide six Tvachem. So it's a Yud and a Vav. It's a, the, the, the Yud and a Vav. And a person himself has a Yud. The mouth, he explains soon, is the Yud. And, I will say, and, and when he talks, when a, you know, ever notice something? When you start talking, you understand it much better. Sometimes talking to a friend, or even talking to yourself. You know, sometimes I once met many, many years ago a lawyer. And I didn't realize he's such a famous lawyer. And he's sitting in the, next to me and waiting in the lounge for the plane to get on. He's talking to himself. And I knew him. He's the dove on my shoulder when he comes to visit. And I says, uh, that was before there were cell phones. Now, like, now I would say he was. Uh, and I, I asked him, do you enjoy? He says, when I talk to myself, here's what he told me. I figured out the case much better. You know, he was working on a difficult case. He was sitting. And then the airport, he wasn't shy. He was just talking loud to himself. I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm telling you, when he talked to a friend, you've noticed all of a sudden it became clear. Oh, this was very fuzzy, very confusing. You have a good friend. You speak to it. You get it out. It has an understanding. And now you can build on it. This could happen in, in many, many ways, in a different way. That's the Chachma and the Binah. So that's, every, that's the three parts. It's Sadiq, the Torah, and yourself. We all have Chachma. That's Malupan, he explains. When you connect yourself, you fill up your mouth, you develop a vessel how to, how to cope, and how to, not just to cope, how to take into your vessel goodness and kindness. So if a person feels very down, you know, like a person has to catch himself, uh, you know, uh, nothing wrong to say, I'm in a bad mood. You know, I always tell this uh, uh, my children, it's better to come home and say, you know, I'm in an angry mood, and then don't act angry, and then you get nervous at everyone. I come home, and if I'm in a very lousy mood, I tell my daughters, I'm looking for a fight. <laughs> it works much better than coming home and acting so, you know, I'm looking, then, yeah. It's easy to cope. When a person is down, if he's honest with himself, things are much easier. When a person is down and says, right now I'm down. I am in a bad mood. And how do I, how do, I do this? Start talking to Hashem. Focus on the good things. And, and the more you do this, you more develop the connection to Torah, to Tzadik, and to yourself. You get much, much more connected to the inner self of yourself. The goodness in yourself you get connected, which is enormously helps a person. So at the end, what we learned over here is, I'm just to go back, is, you know, it's normal when a person wakes up in a bad mood. You know, I usually tell this to younger people. Most of us are not so young because sometimes people wake up in a bad mood and say, why am I in such a bad mood? That's not why. The question is, you're not gonna, why would be also good if you know always the why, but how do I not let the mood overtake me? How do I make sure that I, even though things are not going well, that I could daven today, do the right thing, focus on the good things, 
is once you're aware about it, you see your heart is far removed from Hashem, and you're not in the right yourself, you, it's the three things. To learn the Torah, talk to Hashem. You know, when a person connects to a tzaddik, it literally sort of brings the goodness out of him. And talking to Hashem is the most powerful. I tell people, you know, we live in California and everyone believes in therapists. I'm I not, not mocking them. But the best therapist, if you could talk to Hashem. You sit down and tell Hashem everything that bothers you because he really listens, full ears. You know, you just say what bothers you, you know, and it make, it, after a while it makes sense and it helps a person. You connect to the goodness. Okay, thank you.